Welcome to the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Williamson. In the podcast today, we're discussing the concept of unified commerce to find out whether it's just a buzzword or, in fact, the future of retail. Joining us today are Jeff Patterson, CTO at Red Iron, with over two decades of experience. Welcome, Jeff. Hey there. <laughs> and Barry Egerter, Red Iron COO with six years at the company and a wealth of knowledge in retail tech. Welcome back, Barry. Thanks, Jeff. Together, they bring a unique perspective on retail technology solutions that will help keep you in the know. If you haven't heard of us, we're Red Iron, a systems integrator that allows retailers to get the most out of their systems. Whether you're looking to implement a new system or update an existing one, Red Iron has everything you need for retail success. So tune in as we discuss strategies for navigating digital transformation and discover all the ways that Red Iron can help your business succeed. So head over to RedIronTech.com for more information about our services or follow us on social media for all retail news and updates. Fellas, just a few weeks ago, Cole Hahn announced that it was moving towards a unified commerce strategy with the assistance of Aptos. It was stated that the move would reflect the company's commitment to keep pace with the evolving expectations of consumers. The first stage of the new platform rollout would provide Cole Hahn with the mobile-first and cloud-native pause system. Cole Hahn is on a long list of many other companies that have stated their desire to work towards a unified commerce platform or solution, and it got us thinking here at the roundtable, what really is unified commerce? By now, we have all heard of omnichannel retailing, but this new style of system seems to have arrived rather quickly. So today we are going to cover what really is unified retail and if it is indeed the future. So to start us off, let's talk about some of the other previous styles and channels that retail has taken throughout history so we can better understand what exactly is the difference with unified commerce. We started out with a single channel and multi-channel and there's cross-channel and of course omni-channel, which everybody has heard about. We, which, uh, we started out with just a singular register in the store where all the transactions were done. And now we're talking about a singular platform connected to front and back end systems. So you have the most consistent and accurate information about your shoppers, but also in things like your product and inventory. So Jeff, if you could start us off and comment, in, uh, comment on exactly how we got here and, and you know what the difference between some of those channels and, and what we're talking about today with unified commerce is. Sure. No, that's a uh, that's a good summary. I mean, essentially, we got here. I mean, once um, you know, for for a long time, commerce just meant you know face to face, in person. I'm selling you something. You're giving me cash or check, and then electronic payment. And then when the online shopping started, this this was the inevitable result. I mean, you want mm -hmm. to like people don't distinguish when they're buying something from the Gap. They don't think I'm buying from the Gap e-commerce store i'm buying from the gap in person right they just think i'm buying from this entity it's selling me stuff it has content it doesn't they don't know or need to know the inner workings of that so what unified commerce is is just saying i'm a store x regardless of how you interact with me and that sounds fairly simple and is simple but it's not easy i mean what has to happen is a multitude of systems have to talk and you're always you know, just getting closer and closer. And as you get closer, there are sort of more avenues that you want to integrate. So, you know, you can integrate your selling channels in terms of, you know, the data is flowing up and I'm seeing all the sales in one funnel, but my customer outreach now is sort of bifurcated or, or, or splintered more than twice. And so mm -hmm. then you try and get a handle on your customer communication. And it's like, well, all my vendor control is now sort of separate. So everything that 
you know, in, in every way, you're always trying to squeeze the complexity and friction out of your organization. And that sort of, that's where the organization and the customer's uh, desires align, right? The customer wants a nice, seamless, frictionless interaction with the company. The company wants that and to be able to uh, not leak a lot of the customer data, which is one of the byproducts of a, you know, right. of a splintered system is you're leaking a lot of information out that could be otherwise valuable or or even just, um, you know, it, it could provide you better context in terms of purchasing decisions. Uh, it could provide you a more um, uh, meaningful interaction with your customers. All of, all of those things are benefits. It's just, you know, so we're, I, I feel like, you know, there will probably be another name after unified commerce. I mean, we're always right. trying to get there a little bit. You know, you you still have social media that sort of hangs off the side of all this, and that'll get integrated at some point where, you know, I'm having a much more interactive uh, engagement with my customer, if that's what they desire. I mean, that's not my, that ain't my thing. But, um, you know, customers, customers especially, you know, feel like if they have retailers that they want to frequent again and again, uh, you know, there's a desire out there to have sort of a, uh, you know, they want to be on the inside getting the first looks at things and 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 all of that is part of commerce, right? And so the yep. envelope of what is my system framework is expanding and at each level of expansion, we're trying to make that more holistic and integrated and less fragmentary. So I don't know, Barry, if you want to yeah. add anything oh, to it. For sure. I mean, the it's it's interesting because we've been in this business for so long. We, we've seen the transition over time, and we've faced a lot of those challenges trying yep. to make sure mm -hmm. that those that we work with keep improving their systems. And and there's a couple of components to it, as Jeff talked to. I mean, it's it, when it comes down to it, it's silos, right? So yeah. you, you start out with a single silo, as he said. You're in in the store. You're you're always talking to someone at the store to interact with that business, that retailer, uh, and do your transactional work. And then when Online came about and there was a couple of different channels. There's a couple of silos, right? And typically with those silos, each of them has a tech stack or a technical component that's driving it, right? But they're not necessarily the same and they're not sharing information. So so just by the nature of, you know, like Jeff alluded to, um, it, it evolved and it's just because, okay, first we're gonna focus on that brick and mortar experience. We're gonna make sure everything's running well there. Oh, we have this new means to sell through online. So we're gonna put up a, a team and a platform and get that running. Then over time, you're trying to make sure that the online and the offline or the in-store uh, share information about that customer so that your marketing team can drive you know, information out. And, and trying to get the information from one system to another in real time and a holistic view is just challenging when you have so many silos. So over time, the more channels or the more means by which you could sell, uh, the more challenging it becomes to unify it, right? And when you say unified commerce, you're really talking about you know, customer centric. And you're saying, you know, like Jeff says, the customer, we ourselves don't look at a, a business as separate businesses, depending on how we're buying. It's just, mm -hmm. I want the product, I know they carry it, I know you know how I can acquire it, I'm gonna go interact. And really the information that's, that's siloed into those systems, the best efforts to try to you know, integrate that between the systems and share that information and get closer to real time also allows the retailers to have a, a better view of their product, right, and their inventory. So, um, mm -hmm. so it's a combination of knowing what product you have, how much you have, where it is, and who's buying it 
Uh, and, and the closer you get to a unified commerce uh, situation, the more it's like instead of a bunch of different tech stacks, it's more of a singular platform that just knows about all those different channels and shares that information. Whereas, you know, over time, it, it it's hooking a bunch of different things together to simulate that, but it's not necessarily a pure implementation of that. So it's kind of like the tech and the, and the resourcing behind it has to catch up with with implementing the right technologies and the right ways of sharing that information. And there's a bunch of different things that uh, are involved in making that happen. Uh, so I'm sure we'll talk more about that through uh, the discussion today. Yeah, I think you guys are absolutely right. I certainly don't, you know, I don't perceive a difference between the retailer and whether I'm shopping online or I'm walking into the store. I do know one thing, though, and that is I do get a bit annoyed if I look at a website and it tells me there's five things in stock that I need and I get there and it's not there. Right. So um, it's it as always, it's it's a journey and not a destination, I think, is one thing that I'm hearing. And then also another thing we might want to touch back on a little bit is um, Jeff, you mentioned data leakage. So when we decouple things, we move to a singular system as opposed to something like Omnichannel, where it's a lot of different silos that we're trying to link together in a way that can communicate and be effective. Is that something that can eliminate something like that? And what what would some of the ramifications be of of something like data leakage? Right. Well, I mean, data leakage is just saying, you know, I have information that is not escaping the bounds of system A, uh, where you know system B could could use it, but there's you know the mm -hmm. the data is is either you know ill suited for the purpose, it's not sort of easily easily consumed or I've just got, you know, my backlog is three years long and I just haven't got there yet sort of thing. But I mean, that's the sort of thing where, you know, you might have, there's lots of people who have purchase histories that represent the uh, means of purchase, right? So I've got a, a store X will have mm -hmm. an in-store purchase history for me and an online purchase history for me. And it's like, well, I'm the same dude, right? right. You know, I, yeah. I, I have purchasing patterns that you could otherwise recognize, but because you've got you know, because your systems aren't nicely integrated or, you know, the other the other challenge in terms of um, data leakage is that there's just data that's not collected in one system where it could be. So, you know, because you have different modes of interaction. So your in-person selling typically has different, you know, because you've got mediated selling, you've got a cashier in there and mm -hmm. you've got sort of a different flow to it where I'm not searching products in, the, well, I'm not sharing with you what products I'm searching for in the store, but on the web, I am sharing with you what products I'm searching for. So mm -hmm. there's there's that the some of the data leakage and, and data loss is driven by the fact that you just have different modes of operation in the two different sort of platforms and X different platforms. You know, I think I think a lot of a lot of the next generation is going to be, you know, more an in innovative selling avenues that sort of bypass your traditional, it's not just your corporate website, you're also selling through affinity websites and you're getting right. information through that. And so you've got to sort of come to grips with how all of this comes together. So, I mean, the, what you're in the, in the end, the best you're going to do, I mean, you're always going to be chasing this. You're not going to be perfect, right? So what you're trying to do is just assess, you know, where is my biggest disconnect in terms of the customer experience and try and work on that and then see, and, and hopefully working on that doesn't mean throwing everything you've got away because, you know, you still have to stay in business and not be down for X years. But so it's, it's a, it's a challenge that we navigate with our retailers all the time. It's like, what, what is the biggest, you know, pain point in this sort of, in your, in your system framework that doesn't allow you to 
sort of fully take advantage of of the goal, which is sort of a unified commerce system. How can we, you know, bridge some of those gaps? How can we get you a little closer? And it's just that over and over and over again until those difference right. and those gaps narrow over time, ideally, right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thanks for that, Jeff. Um, moving on. Um, so omni-channel is a term everybody's obviously heard of and sort of had a, a, a grip on the way that um, in the narrative that we should try and, sh and shape our customer interaction, or at least retailers should shape their customer interactions. So now with the rise of unified commerce, you know, why, what in your words, Barry, would you put um, omni-channel and, you know, where did that go? Is that still there? Um, and, you know, if unified commerce is the thing now is, is you know, it was omni-channel, not quite what it was all cracked up to be. Uh, what are your thoughts there? It's an interesting question because I, I think we're, we're talking of a progression path, right? So omni-channel to me is kind of where most people are these days. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the landing place at this point in time. Over the course of history, it's it's taken many years to go from one layer to the next. And right. I'd say most people are in omni-channel these days, and if they're not, they're getting close to it. Um, and a lot of that comes with the technology. So it's also just making sure the tech that's being provided to the retailers fits that mold and provides those features and those functionality, because it's certainly gone beyond where a retailer can do this themselves. It's right. it's really dependent on vendors and the platforms to, to provide a lot of that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you know the competitive marketplace in tech is such that it's always evolving and going closer and closer to that. I think the unified commerce con concept is probably not in play um, in very many places because it's gonna be very platform dependent to do that. Um, and and I just can't picture too many people in that uh, particular space at this point. I know the announcement we talked about leads you into, hey, we're going that route. It doesn't yeah. mean you're there and right. it's still an aspirational thing, right? So. So to me, omnichannel, I would sum up in saying that's where people are. That's where they should be at, at this point in time. Uh, and and unified commerce would be the ideal, right? Yeah. Because it's really getting you all the way there to say, you know, that that customer interaction is perfected because they know the customer knows who the, the business is. The business knows who the customer is. And we know everything that's happening with that customer, every interaction, every touch point every product or wish list that they have in their in their carts we know how to you know leverage that information and it's not siloed and it's not uh, technically uh, barred from one platform to the other or or uh, the information's not uh, split off where we don't have you know what Jeff's talking about with leakage right so to me you know it's it's a it's kind of touches on what you said earlier Jeff about the uh, e-com situation where they say I got five of these I go to the mm -hmm. store We'll have five. <laughs> they actually don't have any and yeah. haven't had for a week. You know, that's that's what you're trying to solve, right? And and omnichannel doesn't even solve that necessarily. Unified uh, promises to solve that. Uh, but that's why I say I don't think many people are actually there yet. You know, the information is still being shuffled about between the systems, between the silos, and yeah. working as best as possible to get you there. So you know, common tech like cloud, like APIs, uh, anything where there's a, a centralized data store and there's a real-time kind of uh, mechanism for information transfer, that's allowing that progression to happen. 
But I think in the absence of that, the old school approach where it's flat files and it's a nightly import or export, yeah. and you've got a period of time where the systems are out of date and then they try to resync, but then inevitably, even at the resync, they're already out of date again. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's shifted from that over time. And I think that's why, you know, looking forward, as, as uh, Jeff alluded to, the, uh, the unified commerce approach is something that, you know, is, is where we're headed and we'll probably have yet another category after unified. Yeah. Uh, but really it's just, it's an evolution of both the technology, the businesses that, that perform the retail operations and now uh, the information storage and cloud providers and, and infrastructure providers to enable all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think if you, even if you, um, you know, look at the names, I mean, Omni is many, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's like a, we got an e pluribus unum thing that we need to do <laughs> in that, you know, it, 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 it just omni channel just means I've got many ways of interacting with my customer. But it's but it again, it, it exposes the weakness of that in that, you know, I've got many ways of interacting with my customer. And so the customer is looking at the communications and the interactions and saying, well, I don't get this. Why I bought this online. Why can't I just go to the store right. and return it? It's right. And I think. I think the other thing you highlight with your example with the, you know, it says there are five, it's, you know, it's not just systems. It's also, you know, changing the way people view their role and do their work. So, you know, if you have a yeah. typical bricks and mortar store and your item count is out, who cares? It's on the shelf. People can't buy what's not on the shelf. When you introduce, uh, you know, fulfillment from a centralized system, you have to know what's on the shelf. And so there's a different emphasis on making sure the counts are right, making sure that you're you don't have you know you're you're keeping your inventories proper. So I yeah. mean it, mm -hmm. it's not just system based. It's also you know you got to change the focus of your employees in terms of how they interact. And that's the same you know in your online experience. You know maybe you should be um, trying to entice people to go to your store because it's there where they'll have a more tactile interaction with your products versus, you know, just searching them up. It's like, you know, if you're, you know, if you, if you walk into a store that's nicely presented, you might be enticed to buy even more that you wouldn't online. So both, both of them have a ways to go in terms of, you know, making sure that we're squeezing every bit of value we can out of both investments. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's, you know, I, this is a long, long road that I imagine that we, you know, we, we, there, there's a whole road past this road, right? Like, so you can always go further. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right that it's not just about systems too, because, you know, maybe I look up that there's five in the store and maybe there are five in that store. They're just not where I expect them to be for whatever right. reason. Maybe a person's yep. misplaced them, maybe another customer's grabbed them and put them down somewhere else. And so there's all sorts of factors, other factors to uh, contribute as well. Um, so it's, you know, unified commerce, it's largely platform dependent. We're getting there. It's it's where we're headed, we think. Um, you know, as technology improves, we get closer and closer. Um, you know, there'll be a few more iterations in between. I wouldn't, I don't want to think too much about what the, what those would be called. Maybe right. <laughs> Omni, Uni, uh, Hyper, Mega, Commerce. I don't know, something funny yeah. like that. Omni Pro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Omnipro, yeah, Omni 2.0. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh, just a, a follow up. Um so you mentioned, you know, siloed systems and, and omni and in the many ways of interacting. Would there 
could there be an iteration or a retailer that is maybe achieved or is fairly close to achieving a you know a customer interaction that is is omni-channel and is there still a benefit for them to make a move to something like unified commerce or to try to bring it all under one product or would you recommend that they just stay the course they're good they've got everything decently integrated in omni-channel uh, and they should leave it be or is there still a reason they should strive to to do something like unified commerce right i mean the the i mean it's a tough business right i mean there's yeah. always there's always market churn there's always evolution i would think that it would be weird for a company to say well you know that's done we nailed that's, it. Uh, We're good. <laughs> yeah, we nailed it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh, that's something no one has ever said ever. Um, yep. So so no. I mean I mean you're always you're always looking for opportunities and it, you know what you need to do if you are in a good position is leverage that because if you if you've attained you know some sort of a technical or or organizational superiority you got to squeeze every bit of value out of that so that you can you know. Um, increase your position in the market or, or protect your share that you've got. So I think there's always pressure to be um, innovating. It's, it's a very tumultuous um, environment from a marketing market perspective. So I think at every point, you're always trying to squeeze what you can out of it. And I mean, that can be, that can also, you know, the fact that it's tumultuous can also paralyze people. Um, yeah. So I think, I think the message there is just, you know, don't try to like, there's a there's a huge amount of work to be done. Don't try and even necessarily envision what it'll all be. Just mm -hmm. you know, try and pick your your best targets for you know where am I furthest away? Where is my money best spent? And yeah. try and improve in those areas. But at the same time, we're talking you know organizationally and um, you know culturally inside the company. So there's lots of avenues that need to be improved. So I don't think you're ever there. And I think what you can do is try and just take a sort of rational, pragmatic approach to saying, okay, you know, we're here, you know, we want to get further down this road. Let's just pick the next step and the next step. I mean, you want to have a, you want to have a vision, but in, I find that a lot of times that can be um, paralyzing. You can, you can think, well, I got to throw it all out because, you know, I'm just not, I don't see how I can get there. And, and that might be true. You know, it, it's sort of what I, um, term is pathway evolution. You don't know where you can go until you've gone a little ways, right? So let's just go a little ways, you know, mm -hmm. just work on your work on what's in front of you. And then sometimes, you know, the evolutionary avenues become apparent over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, uh, the interesting thing in there is it's, it's also a decision on the ultimate goal, which is the better customer experience, right? right? So changing everything isn't going to necessarily improve the customer experience, right? You still could end up with a system that does a certain amount, but doesn't improve the overall customer experience. So those decisions have to still be made on a case-by-case -case basis, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, trying to trying to swap everything out to achieve it, you know, might be more effort than it's worth. So right. look at individual, like. We talked about all the different channels and the silos. You could try to make sure that at least the, the key silos are, are merged, right? And then tackle it that way. Um, it all depends on what you're trying to achieve from a customer perspective. And are you retaining the customer? Are you losing them to a competitor? Are they buying your products? Are they happy with the service? You know, so all those decisions still drive all this stuff. And and no amount of technology is 
is ever going to get you 100% of the way there. Uh, but it certainly does either block you from getting there uh, or, or assist you, depending on how it's done. Yeah, absolutely. As Jeff mentioned, it's a tumultuous business. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the people making these decisions don't always have the, the luxury to look all the way into the future and say, how do I get there as fast as possible? You know, there has to be steps along the way and they have to be able to prove value and in, in ROI and things like that and making technology uh, purchasing decisions. So they have to factor all that in as well, which can uh, which is another challenge. Um, OK, with that, we can segue into my next question, which is why is cloud important to have for unified retail? What role might it play? I think okay. from my perspective, cloud, I mean, we Sorry. do a lot of work with cloud ourselves, right? So um, cloud is just a better way of getting everything centralized. If you've got, you know, for example, we work with uh, retailers that have on-premise uh, data centers and, and architectures. And the more of those that exist, the more things kind of stay static and and it's it's a little harder to move forward. It's it's also sometimes challenging to bridge networks between systems and make sure all that that unification is really in play. So cloud at least is an enabler to to get everything virtualized, to be able to shift platforms and tech technology into a you know a more let's say it's a unified environment, right? Uh, to get everything there and share the information because really you're just trying to break down those barriers about mm -hmm. what the information is, is doing within your system. So the more you can put it all in one place, the more you can start allowing that sharing to, to happen. Um, and then of course, you know, when we talk real time versus latency, if you got it in the cloud, you can control a lot of that, that real time as opposed to the systems that are disparate and need different means to communicate. So I, I think cloud's an enabler is the best way I would say it. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's the only way to do it, but it certainly is a very efficient way. Um, and it, it doesn't really present any roadblocks to getting where you're trying to go, uh, as opposed to maybe trying to piecemeal a bunch of other things together in a different way. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I, see, I see purchasing uh, cloud resources as just a way to um, reduce my scope of, of mm -hmm. Control. So I, I, I don't. I'm a retailer. I shouldn't be. You know, I shouldn't be an expert in all the techs. It's weird how right. how many retailers are. You know, very familiar with like OS and database layer levels, and and you know yeah. they they know exactly what patches they have. It's like, well, okay, you know, you should be yeah. focused more on on yeah. your on your key sort of success, and and not so much on the enabling technology. So I find that you know being able to sort of put that behind a wall. I mean, all those decisions have to be made, but you can make them by proxy and you don't have to get so deeply involved. And you're not making, you know, capital expenditures on on hardware, you're leasing it month to month. So there's a lot of advantages, I think, to a cloud-based platform for retail. Mm -hmm. I like that picture. Challenges for sure, but yeah, for sure. I like that picture you painted, uh, Barry, about it being an, an enabler. Like there's there's no way that you know the accessibility that comes with cloud and the scalability could hurt in, in an initiative like that right well i mean look at it this way we talked about the evolution of this starting with one channel working our way up to many and then trying to share the information cloud is more dynamic in nature right so like i say in an on-prem environment's more static you've gone you've procured some hardware you've put it in place you've got it working exactly the way you want it next year is that the case I, I, you know, you never know, right? You could change your business model. New channels could come in. 
you know, and it's, it's very inflexible. So I, I like the the sort of dynamic uh, ability to change your architectures, change your business in the cloud with virtualized components, as opposed to having a bunch of physical assets sitting around that you're kind of stuck with until you decide to do something different. Yeah, maybe they change. Maybe there's something like a global pandemic and people all of a sudden need to, <laughs> are only purchasing things know. by pulling up with their cars that, and rolling down their windows, yeah. right? That's, a, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Crazy. Moving on. Um, next question is, why is unified retail important to a retail company? So I think we've touched on this a bit throughout, but what might be some other reasons that uh, this is something a retailer wants to accomplish in the in the future or can see on the roadmap? Jeff, please. Sorry. I, I mean, I think I think it I think it breeds um, brand loyalty and um, sort of you 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 make yourself a um, you know a, you, you present yourself to the customer um, in a way that's more accessible and more um, responsive to their to whatever their needs are. So I think I think it's it's just um, you know it, it's not all it, you know for e-commerce is not all customer uh, based. I mean that that's right. sort of the the focus. But you've also got a bunch of disparate systems on the back end that need to come together. And yeah. so you know if if my customers are ordering, can I tell my three PLs what the you know that that these are the things that I'm that I'm seeing moving quickly and that I'll need replenishment on those sort of mm -hmm. in advance. So I think there's lots of things that can be done, but it's all just about making sure I can move as much of my you know retail product through my pipeline as possible with, you know, hopefully, you know, that the reason you're trying to make customers loyal and happy is to, you know, retain them and to grow your customer base. So all of this yep. is just back to business fundamentals. It's like, how can I be, how can I provide extra value through this channel? Hopefully, you know, not necessarily through cutting prices, but from, you know, making a better experience for the customer and making a better, you know, allowing them to trust that, you know, their interests are well served by me. You know, they're, I'm always going to have the right product because I understand who my customers are and I know sort of where they're, um, you know where their where their head is in terms of their demographics and in terms of their desires. So, I think I think a lot of this is just I need information to make those decisions better. And yep. the better information I can get, the better I can feed back to them, and the better uh, experience I can give them. Mm -hmm. The more I can have a single version of the truth on either side, and not not just the the customer and what their purchases have been and what they're looking into, but also what's going into it on the back end as well. Right. And can I align my organization top to bottom around yeah. those goals, right? Yes. So I don't have, you know, the the system sort of precede the organizational uh, alignment, but that comes too, right? So the system sort of, in a way, sort of at, add that organizational, you know, it, it shows where the organization is not necessarily aligned. And so, you know, you started, you've got to move the systems, but you also got to move your organization alignment as at the same time to make everything sort of pay off for you. Mm-hmm. Are there on a vendor to vendor basis? So are, are there any savings to be had by moving under one vendor? Or do you think it's likely null? Like you're looking at a singular platform that can do all these things. So the savings by not having overlapping systems anymore, or what are your thoughts there? I would think that you know it's it still depends on the individual pieces because you you if you're working with vendors on this. I can see how there's a lot of cost 
in trying to unify the systems, right? So if you've got separate systems and you're spending a lot of effort and, and money and, and, and time just trying to make them you know, more, more act as one, uh, then there's cost there. But at the same time, having a single platform is going to mm -hmm. tie you down to that platform. Right. So right. if you ever wanted to change, it's even harder. So right. it's a blend. I mean, it, I would yeah. still myself prefer to be able to swap out a system and that serves a specific purpose as long as it's connected well into the other systems. Because right, right. maybe I'd like to upgrade that part of it and not lose everything else. So it's it's interesting because if you if you ended up with one platform to rule them all, um, yeah. You know, that's really it. You're, you're going to live with that uh, for as long as possible because changing is just not simple. You'd have to change the world in order to go to another system. So um, so I think that's aligning with what we said earlier, where omnichannel and making the, the best use of uh, those those different components and those uh, systems from different vendors um, share the information and, and work collaboratively. It's probably the best of breed for the, the near term until we come up with those new categories and and the next levels of, of unification. Uh, but, you know, it all depends on, on what you're trying to achieve there. And, you know, I've, I've seen some pretty interesting examples um, of, of where it's headed. If you look at the stores where they're trying to go without any uh, cashiers and, and anybody in the store, it's all, you know, customers walk in, they grab product, they walk out and it's purchased, right? Yeah. Um, pretty sweet uh, from, a, from a cost perspective to not have any staff there and except maybe at night when they got to stock some shelves. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but at the same time, the possibilities for how you interact, um, you know, those systems are working with scanning devices. They know where the customers are in the store. There might be RFIDs. There's cameras all over the place watching what's happening. I've read about scenarios they're dreaming up where they could have a, you know, detect that you walk in, you pick up a, a product, you carry it with you through the store, but before you leave, you sit it down. And you yeah. buy a couple of things and you go home. But mm -hmm. in a unified system, when you go home, you could get an email saying, hey, you know that thing you picked up but you didn't buy? It's available on our e-com system and here's a coupon for you, right? <laughs> yeah. And in a unified system, it could do all that for you because it's aware that you were in the, the brick and mortar and you had an interaction that almost made a purchase but not quite. And then send that notification to another channel to say, hey, you better hit this person up before you lose that opportunity. So, so really, the, the unified commerce is a whole new realm of possible ways of interacting. Um, it doesn't mean you can't do it in the other systems. You, you can focus and get that work done. Uh, but I think it's important for the retailers to have those options. And uh, it's, it's got the promise that you could do a lot more. Mm -hmm. uh so full disclosure, I will sometimes when I'm shopping online, go go to a store I like, there's something I want. I will sometimes put it in the cart and then leave intentionally just because I know that there's likely going to be an email coming saying, hey, come back. <laughs> that thing is now 5% off or 10% right. off or whatever. So I'll do that in intentionally. And then uh, to, your, to your point, Barry, in, in getting a little bit uh, nerdy with the one ring to rule them all. So I could see that there's it's maybe once you're under one platform or one roof, it can be a little bit challenging. You have a piece, you can't exactly just, uh, you know, throw the ring into the fires of Mount Doom and move on to something else. So I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move it into one one last question and then we'll wrap it up for the day. Um, so I think we've also touched on this one a little bit, but we can get into it a bit more. Um, do you need to overall overhaul your entire system at once to enter unified commerce? Uh, Barry, why don't you kick us off with this one? 
Yeah, it sounds like I touched on this a little bit already. My mm-hmm. my personal opinion is is no. Yeah. <laughs> because I I see unified not as the endpoint, just as 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 another tier, and uh, unification is uh, to me you know channel to channel, knowledge of customer and inventory and 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 all of the above. Uh, so I'd say no. You don't have to overhaul everything at once. The dream is that one platform that does it all for you, right? And it knows about everything everywhere. I don't know how you ever get there realistically. Right. Um, so, so I think it's it's a system by system basis, generally speaking, um, and and with the key goal of that customer experience, making sure that you're improving the customer experience by making those changes. Um, and and if anything, from a business process perspective improving your processes, as Jeff was saying, to make sure your inventory quantities and, and all the information you're sharing with the customer is as accurate as possible and as real time as possible, because that's really what we're after. Exactly. Jeff, any comments? Uh, I would say, you know, if you pose the question, do you need to overhaul your entire system? I would say that that should be, that would be your last resort. I think I think you right. should be moving this piece by piece. And and if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're looking for someone to come in and do it all it's it's just not going to happen you have to make prudent decisions top to bottom and you need to be evolving at all times and if you if you say i'm going to do this you're sort of locking yourself in amber too it's like you're going to be two years implementing that and where are things going to be in two years so sure. now my my strong advice is to you know let's move one system at a time get a little better a little better and don't try and do everything at once because you might not be there on the other end of that tunnel right like so it, it, the world might just change on you as you described like you know we had a global pandemic and everything changed about the market like two years that's a long time it is yeah i, I think that's sound advice do it responsibly slow over time yep. usually be usually wins out yeah yep okay well thanks for tuning in to this episode of the red iron retail roundtable where we discuss unified commerce our two panelists jeff and barry shared their insights and experiences giving you an in-depth look at how unified commerce strategies can be beneficial to your business. By properly understanding and managing unified commerce, retailers can expect to deliver a seamless customer experience, fewer systems to maintain, and cost savings. For more information regarding Red Iron and unified commerce, visit our website at redirontech.com. Our team of experts are on hand to help you with any questions you may have about how your retail business could best take advantage of this emerging retail strategy. For those who wish to stay up to date on all things related to the retail industry, follow us on Twitter at Red Iron Tech. We hope that this podcast has provided you with an insight into how retailers can best make the decisions they need to move to a unified commerce strategy. And we look forward to having you join us in future episodes of the Retail Roundtable. Click subscribe if you, if you like it and uh, so you, that you never miss an episode. Thanks very much. Goodbye.